Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 16th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 163, the last paragraph, so our fellow workers will soon have. Today's readers are Terry H., Lisa H., and Ginger C. The reference number for Tuesday, November 8, November 15th is 926. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. I'd like to remind everybody to please mute their phone. Star one, I can hear uh, rustling. Thank you. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie, so much for your service today. I'm from Rhode Island. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. In 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Joanne L. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Anita L., star one, to unmute.
Um, Anita L., we don't hear you. Janice M., would you like to read the 12 traditions? I would love to. I'm here. Okay. Thank Thank you. Good morning to you. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For, two, for our group purpose, there is but one, ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group but has... Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, um, ought never be organized, but may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these these, uh, traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Janice M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 163, the last paragraph. I will now ask Terry H. to begin reading. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Division View. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. So our fellow workers will soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get out. But from our experience as a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
when a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in the town has its opportunities to recover, if he can and will. And good morning, everyone. Um, this this uh, paragraph is pretty powerful, but it, you know, I was reading it, and it's, it's also pretty sad because there's help for us. It's, you know, where it says... Um, on page 164, we have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again. There will be no stopping until one in its town has its opportunity to recover, if he can and will. So it's telling us that everyone has an opportunity to recover here. And um, it's the purpose of the meeting is to carry the message of recovery. And I always think about um, page XX, the forward to the second edition, where it talks about, it says, um, alcoholics became the AA really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25 sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on AA showed improvement. So, that you, so we're talking about 75% uh, recovery rate back then. And you know, I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a history. Um, you know, where uh, where how they recovered back in 1935 and. The history is, you know, five recovered at the end of 1935, um, 15 recovered at the end of 1936, 40 recovered at the end of 1937, and 100 recovered at the end of 1938. And when Alcoholics Anonymous was first published in April 1939, the big book authors claimed that 100 had recovered from alcoholism since 1935. This slow rate of growth was partially due to the lack of the written instructions on the course of action. But shortly after the publication of Alcoholics Anonymous, the fellowship involved based on the principles of the book. The organization was so successful in providing a solution for the hopeless state of mind and body known as alcoholism that it received a considerable amount of public interest and support. This publicity resulted in the increased book sales and membership. So at, in 1939, 400 more recovered, and then 2,000 recovered at the end of 1940, and then 8,000 recovered at the end of 1941. And I just, I think it's so interesting that we have the, we have the book, you know, here to show you a way out. And, um, you know, we have this, we have this great book that, you know, you have a way out. And I always say, you know, God will guide your footsteps if you're willing to move your feet. And and why it was so successful back then is because they would take, they would have a meeting a week and they would bring the, um, the protege upstairs to get busy with the steps. And, um, and there was no way of balking and, um, they wouldn't let them back in the meeting until they got busy. And, uh, I kind of wish it was that way today because, um, you know, this is really, I look at this, this, this disease as it's a life and death. It's a life and death. We're on a life and death mission. And, um, um, there's, there's so much, there's so much opportunity in, in our recovery rate is, you know, it's, it's pretty low and, and, uh, overeat is anonymous, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, um, you know, here we are recovered on this line, and you think about this meeting, how it's grown in the last, excuse me, the last four years, and uh, it's because people are, you know, uh, picking up the spiritual kit of tools and applying them to their lives, and um, there's definitely a way to, um, a way out if, if you know, if you want it and you're willing, and um, it's uh, here and it's for free, so with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Terry H., and who would like to share on this paragraph? 
Okay, so I've got Christy, I believe. So yeah. I got Christy. Hold on. Charles yeah. H. Wait, wait a second. Bella, Kim G. R. I got Charles. Vasa O. Before Vasa, there was Tina S. Nessa R. I got you, Tina. Okay, we're going to start with Chrissy G, Bella G, Kim G, Charles H, Tina S, Nessa, and Vasa. So Chrissy G, go ahead, please. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for remembering my uh, last initial because I said M. Um, (laughs) I'm Chrissy G, a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I um, was really inspired by um, Terry H's share. Thank you, Terry, so much. I got abstinent in in OA two two years ago, a little over two years ago, and I was brought through with a group of people, Terry being one of them, that uh, really dug into the, this book like I've never dug in before, even though I had been in 12-step recovery in AA, of all places, the originator for many, many years. And, and it was, uh, you know, all I could say it was like AA light that it wasn't, it was um, the, the surface of, of, of what the steps were, but it didn't get to the cause, down to the causes and conditions. And I, I was forced in, through this process to look at what my blocks were, to be honest with myself and look at what my blocks were to letting a higher power come in to access that power. Because I was all blocked up. I, I knew the, the, the perfunctory kind of, okay, you turn it over, you do, I knew, I knew all of that, I knew all of that, but to get unblocked is, a, is to me, a huge part of what this process is about, and so, you know, it's, it's, if it's not, if it's not working, it's, it's because the, it's not being worked, and I know that now, and that's been my personal experience, so I have such hope when I'm spreading the message and doing the work with someone else, I, it's, Sponsoring is such a different experience now for me because I don't feel ultimately responsible. I feel like I have the instructions. I could pass them on to someone, and and I know that it's going to work if that person um, takes the steps that I took. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy G. And Bella G, followed by Kim G. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Julie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. The joy of helping others. Yes, this is the secret of the program. It's not helping others because I am better than others, because I am smarter, because I know everything. It's a reminder, you know, by helping others, I am definitely helping myself because, you know, I, I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. And for me, it's the opportunity to learn, to learn all the time because I don't know everything. And God gives me the opportunities to, 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 to learn new things, to learn new behaviors, to change my wrong beliefs. And how can I do them? How can I get them? Only by helping others. And it's definitely two ways. By helping others, I am helping myself. 
And yes, we are all the same. We are not in competition. We are not, you know, you, I don't have to be jealous at nobody because we are the same. We, we share our experience, strength, and hope. And yes, maybe we don't have the same experience, but it's the same disease and it's the same solution. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And Kim G., you're next, followed by Charles H. Good morning, Julie. Um, oh, I love this. There will be no stopping until everyone in that town had the opportunity to recover, if he can and will. You know, I think sometimes we think the opportunity has to do with or equates with keeping people in the rooms. You know, um, I think of that OA responsibility pledge, you know, always to extend the heart and hand of OA to all who share my compulsion. For this, I am responsible. I am responsible. You know, we're responsible for telling people the truth. You know, I think to myself in 1990, OA had a census and we had 150,000 members. In 2014, we had a census and it was 53,000 members. You know, I know my own experience. I came in in 1994. And there was a meeting there that averaged about 80 people. In my area today, the average meeting is about nine people. So I asked myself, are we giving people the opportunity to recover if and can if they will? You know, staying on that firing line is not comfortable. And I think sometimes we're more concerned with being liked than actually saving lives. You know, I know in my area, our intergroup is often much more concerned with the number of meetings that we have versus the health of the meetings that are there. You know, and I just want to use a vision for you as a beautiful example, the growth of a vision for you. In my humble opinion, a lot of it has to do with we are non-apologetic about the message of recovery. You know, this meeting creates that opportunity. Why? You know, how do you create a meeting? You know, everyone wants to create a vision for you meeting, but how does that do that you create a healthy meeting of, of, of Overeaters Anonymous? It's got to be based on recovery. It can't be people that are still in the food hoping to get abstinent by creating a meeting. You know, we have to have a format. There's nothing magical about a vision for you format, but there needs to be a format that supports recovery and not disease. I go to a lot of meetings that support disease. Is the focus on the steps or is the focus a junior therapy session or a food plan? I mean, I know about, about you, but many meetings I've gone to in my area, you come in 10 minutes late, you would think it was a marriage counseling meeting. You know, we often say, keep coming back, keep coming back. You know, I, I, I heard at a, at a, 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 um, a workshop I was at, and the, the group said, don't keep coming back, just stay. Just stay, because that was my experience. I would get some aspirins, and I would leave, and I would keep coming back, and I would come back when we left, and I would get some aspirins, and I would keep coming back. The thing is to stay. And I just know for me personally, my responsibility as a recovered person, is to give very clear representation of what this big book is telling me. And what this big book is telling me is that, number one, I have to put that food down. That's the problem. The solution is a relationship with God. It's not the fellowship. It's not a sponsor. It's not the tools. It's a relationship with God. And the last thing is, am I giving a proper representation of the steps that are necessary in order to get that relationship? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Charles H. followed by Tina S. 
Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Julie R. Man, you put me up behind that. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, um, I want to say a prayer for, for our fellow visionary, Penny C., as she has back surgery today. Um, she's uh, counted as one of my mentors. Amen. So um, a criterion uh, um, pretty much is, is a, a standard, specification, a measure, a gauge, a scale, a yardstick. And, and like Terry, Terry said, um, she said that word a way out like four, four times if my hearing is correct. The book, give you a little history, the book was going to be named a way out. The book, the big book, uh, the 12 steps and the first 164 pages, I don't know about you, for you in, in your life, but my life, it's a way out. And um, that lucky number 13, it would have been, uh, the AA big book would have been the 13th book called A Way Out. Um, so that's why uh, some uh, other person said, hey, why don't we call it Alcoholics Anonymous? And, and that's why the book wasn't called A Way Out. However, it's still a way out in my life. And um, uh, to talk about the text, uh, half of those approached, the 50%, I, I tell you, I wasn't in that 50%. I didn't strike gold right away. Uh, it took several relapses, and I ain't scared to say that. I must got about 10 30-day chips, some of them I lied about. And, uh, <laughs> and it feels great saying that because um, it ain't about chips today. It's about, am I really abstinent? Can I really help somebody today? And that's what it's all about, right? Um, you know, but I will have this benefit of contact with other people. I won't have this benefit. Yeah, I won't have it. That's okay. You know, it, it, it's such a terrible thing, and I'll close with this, that the fellowship, I hear people talk about AA. You go to an AA meeting today. And you talk about the big book, they're putting up crosses on you. They might burn your lawn, too. That is so terrible. But it is what it is. And you know what? We just keep being in position. We recover, 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 and then maybe other people will get uh, tempted to follow this program, too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Charles H. So it's Tina S. followed by Nessa R. Thanks, Julie. Tina S., uh, compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, heard some really, really good things. And, and I, too, was going to give the definition of criterion, so thanks, Charles. Uh, you know, because I think if I have this principle and I have this standard that I'm living this life, then I have an opportunity to show someone what someone else has shown me freely. And I love that that's been shared. You know, when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, I'm also in another 12-step program, outside issue. But, you know, I was able to stay sober, but I was certainly not able to stay abstinent. And I had worked the 12 steps in Alcoholics Anonymous. So I knew the, the, uh, the way out. Um, but, you know, it talks about, you know, having pra- practiced these principles in all our affairs. Well, my food affair was my own. So thank you very much, God. I'll take care of this. And so today, what I do know What I do know is that, you know, when I got here, I thought it was all about the food plan because I still wanted to control some things in my life. And what I know today that it's, you know, it's about the food till it's not about the food. I hear that and I get that. But today, the way that I live life, and it talks about that in here, it says, um, oh, God, I just lost my, oh, yeah. Uh, And few, uh, few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again. You know, to live life on life's terms, because that certainly was my problem. You know, um, 
the food was just a, a way that I wasn't dealing, you know, and I thought once I got this food down, and I had done it over and over and over, got to a normal weight, and I still couldn't live life on life's terms. I did not not know how to cope. And so the opportunity I have today is having that psychic change through the 12 steps, you know, through the 12 steps, having had a spiritual awakening as the result, not a result, but the result, you know, I'm able to live life on life's terms and to have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And the only way I can keep that is to give that away. And it's a, been so lovely shared. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Nessa R. followed by Vasa O. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. And I am recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, when I when I listen to this paragraph, you know, 50% recovery, I think about um, what about the other 50%? And of course, you know, A, the rates are much, much, much lower um, and the uh, relapse rate much, much higher. So, so why? Why? And there's, there's two reasons. One is because there's people out there sponsoring who have no business sponsoring um, because, you know, they're not recovered. And in most circles in, the, in OA, abstinence is equated with recovery. So um, even long, long-term abstinence is not recovery. And there's even people out there who are sponsoring who are not even abstinent. They believe they might be abstinent, but they're not. And some people who know they're, they're not abstinent, and yet they're still sponsoring. People who, after you know, years and years and years of so-called abstinence, are still very overweight. You know, and that's a problem. That is a problem. You cannot give that that you haven't got. Um, and the other problem is with the sponsees. And I know that because I was one of those sponsees. You know, it says, it says in the big book, um, in um, how it works, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. So there's no reason for me to fail other than the fact that I am not thoroughly following the path. You know, it further says that if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. So it's not enough to want what others have. I have to be willing to go to, um, to, go to any lengths. I mean, that's why it says and, you know, and those, that, that, that uh, any lengths means ready to take certain steps, and those are the steps. You know, but as a sponsee, I used to make a million excuses why I didn't have time for program. You know, why um, I couldn't put program first. You know, my job is too busy. You know, how can I put program ahead of over my kids, uh, ahead of my kids? You know, my life is too stressful. I don't have time. You know, but the thing is that uh, when I was in the disease, I always put my disease first. I never had... Um, a problem finding time to go get binge foods and to eat those binge foods and to hide the evidence. And, you know, that probably took so much more time and energy than it takes today to um, thoroughly follow our path. But, you know, we have to stop deluding ourselves. We have to stop making excuses like, thank God, um, I, I, I came to that realization and I did, and I did just that and I gratefully recovered and I'm living in a in a slim body, um, in a normal size body, recovered for, you know, almost five years. But we gotta, we gotta put down the food and put down, uh, put down, put down the music. Somebody's unmuted and coughing. If you could please mute. Go ahead, Nessa R. Thank you. Uh, I'm almost done. And uh, we have to put down the food and put down the excuses 
and you know pursue this recovery with only half the zealousness that I pursued my disease. That's another thing that that Dr. Bob used to say. He said if we put half the effort into our recovery that we put into our disease, we would be all right. Uh, so it's time to uh, pick up the effort and put down the excuses. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ms. R. Vasa O, you're next. Thank you. Did you call me, Julie? I did. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Florida. And when I was being 12-step from my sponsor, and I remember her saying to me, there's nothing that I want from you, Vasa, in return. I just want you to give it away. And you know what? I was ready and willing to do whatever she told me to do because I did not want to be in any pain any longer. So I remember saying, I I will do whatever, whatever. But anyway, um, when I came into OA, I was so excited to hear about the message, the good news that I heard after trying to put the food down you know, for many, many years. And I learned this is not just a physical, you know. Of course, I came just to lose the weight and I was going to leave. I thank God that I stayed and I kept coming back, you know. So it it is a threefold. It's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. That's what kept me staying. Because if I just lost the weight and left, I would have gone right back into the food, you know, if I didn't work the 12 steps. So, so um Again, and I wanted to I wanted to tell everybody about the good mess about the good news. I went to people that wanted it and didn't want it till I started learning. You know that uh, I'm just responsible for my own recovery. I can share my own recovery, and they're responsible for their recovery. And I stopped chasing people all over. Tell them about the good news. Um, and I, I for me uh, number one. So I'm blocked with uh, uh, finding a power greater than myself, you know, because I was just so blocked from God. And, of course, then the food, you know, I had to put that down to get un- unblocked, too. And then the 12 steps, you know, as they laid out. So I, you know, I do the third step every single morning. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as they work. Believe me, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's going to take too long for me. But anyway, that, that, that's my mission for you, to help others that want to help. And thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Oh, who would uh, like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Sharon W. Melinda K. Sharon, Sharon W. Uh, Melinda K. Yes. Pat P. Marie J. Pat P. Marie J. Leah M. Leah M. Harlan G. Harlan G. Okay, let's stop there and see where we go. Okay, Sharon W. followed by Melinda K. Thank you very much. This is Sharon from Atlanta, Georgia, compulsive overeater. This is a very powerful paragraph here is saying a couple of things that just stood out to me. Um, The very first sentence, so one fellow worker will soon have friends galore. I know that for myself, 
I have made so many friends that when I first came to A Vision for You, it was almost overwhelming. I said, oh, this is just awesome. Talk about not being lonely anymore. And I just was so excited, just like they were saying here, that um, they would have discovered the joy of having others. Because you need others in your life when you're changing your life. They were uh, joyful in helping others to face life again. They had had a different, become to think differently and act differently, and that took courage and hope. And if you can and will, it says at the end, they had choices. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to become become a part of Alcoholics Anonymous. But they made that choice, and there was so much joy and in them by being able to see others help them, then they in turn helped other people. And that is very exciting to me because I've felt that as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon W. And Melinda K. followed by Pat P. If he can and will. Um, and right now I'm in the 12th step with my sponsor, and I'm just starting to take on sponsees. And, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, how how all of this starts. You know, can I do this? Can I commit myself to, you know, putting down the, the food and, um, and doing something different? Can I really change? And am I willing to do what, what um, others are telling me that is going to work? You know, this willingness is just, you know, it doesn't mean I feel, you know, 100% better and um, feel so confident. You know, only yesterday, you know, I was, you know, doing a 10th step with my sponsor and, you know, the willingness to look at it and examine it and to, to put it up to the light and to see where, where, where my thinking is getting me into trouble Am I constantly willing to say I'm powerless? I'm powerless, and I need I need a power source that will help me to um, to to live healthy, to to be able to to transition those not good feelings into feelings of I'm okay, and you're right with me, and I'm going to be all right, and I can walk through this. And this willingness, it, you know, it's you know we say it's a muscle, but it's you know, hopefully it's going to be a lifetime muscle. Am I willing to constantly not put my will first and, and, and wait for direction? And I just think that, you know, it's such a, it's such a design for living, living, and I'm grateful for being here. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Melinda Kay. Pat P. followed by Marie J. Hi, this is Pat P. from Minnesota. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I would like to just point out, because I've been meeting Bob's uh, nightmare, and I quote what he said, I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learn to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. One, a sense of duty. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in, in so doing, I'm paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. 
for because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And I really know that this this is true, even though I'm just new in the program. Uh, the attraction comes just from being recovered, like you have said. Uh, there's something about the person in their eyes and how they act and how confident they are. But passing on all knowledge in all your affairs can help everyone in the world. I see this vision as something that can bring much peace to all because man is an enemy to God. And if he does it, when he is out of himself, he becomes the greatest tool there is to pass it on. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pat P. And now Marie J. followed by Leah M. Hi, this is uh, Marie. I'm from Colorado, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I ask myself, how do I help to increase the recovery percentage? Because I've just finished my 12th step, and now I'm going to start sponsoring. And so there's a bit of fear, like, do I have the message to carry? And really, you know, the book says if we are willing, patient, and labor, if we're willing to take that action. And I know that for my part, you know, I'm an addict, and I want what I want, and I want it now. And I wanted to lose the weight when I got in three and a half years ago. And patience isn't in my nature. And over and over, I wanted to play with that food plan and play with abstinence. And I didn't have the willingness to go to a professional to tell me what to eat. I knew what my binge foods were. I knew what my allergies were. I knew what my alcoholic foods were, but I wasn't willing to have someone tell me, here's how much food you need. And I finally did that after I got in vision. And um, yesterday was the first time we worked on revising my food plan and making it even more abstinent and more pure. And I, I really resisted. I had, will, I had unwillingness. I wasn't willing to go down that road. But, and then I had a dream. I, I had a nightmare that I, that I binged and relapsed last night. So it just, the fear continues to come up all the time. And that's okay. We're human and that's what's going to happen. And I had to go through all the things I went through in the past in order to get to total abstinence today, but I have to carry the message of willingness, patience, and the ability to labor or take action. And now I can help others. You know, I have that message to carry. That's my unique message, not my unique message. Lots of us have that message, but that's a message I can carry to others. And also to be as my sponsor is to me, and that is encouraging, encouraging me to be patient, encouraging me to be willing, and just encouraging me to take the next right action, just the next step. And finally, until I was able to rely on a higher power and know my higher power deeply, whatever that looks like for anyone, until we have a higher power that we can rely on, it'll never happen. It never happened for me until I got that willingness to believe. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Leah M., followed by Harlan G. Thank you very much. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, and I relate to those few words, 
to face life again. You know, I when I came here in 1982, um, I didn't have a rough time compulsively overeating. I compulsively overate very, very well and continued to do so in the rooms for the next five years. I had a rough time living. I had a rough time living. The program of recovery gave me this spiritual toolkit to get undisturbed so that I no longer needed to seek a substance outside of myself to get comfortable with life. I knew I was a compulsive overeater when I came here, but I did not understand the grave nature of my illness. I didn't understand the depths to which this addiction would grab me by the roots of my hair and drag me into progression, even in the rooms. I didn't understand the exact nature of my problem. Therefore, I did not realize the seriousness of my condition and the urgency and the necessity for this solution. But the big book and those in whom the problem had been solved gave me an education. Gave me an education. You know, somewhere down the, long, down the line, I don't know when, OA got away from this book got away from this life-changing program and quit applying the 12 steps and began staying food sober, abstinent on just fellowship and tools and measuring success by how long we've been abstinent rather than by the quality of one's recovery. The quality of one's recovery. The big book states in step 10 that we will be placed in a position of neutrality with respect to our binge foods. We have recovered. That's the advertisement we have for everyone, that it is possible through the work of these steps. It also declares that we're not cured. I have a daily reprieve from the original bondage of food as long as I have a daily practice of staying awake by practicing steps 10, 11, and 12. I find freedom from the bondage of self by continuing to grow in those steps. And that's what you and I have to offer today when we speak on this line, when we talk to the newcomers on this line or people that have been in the rooms for decades. We're living proof that some power greater than human power is working in our lives as a result of a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. This works. This this really, really works. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. And Harlan G., you're next. Thanks. Thanks for your service, uh, Julie. And, boy, how do you follow Leah on that one? I, I just want to reiterate pretty much everything that she just said. I came in here in 1979, and I knew that I had a problem. I was well over 500 pounds when I came in, and that was not to be as heavy as I was going to get. And I looked around the room, and I didn't, I didn't doubt that I was crazy about food, but I wondered what you guys were doing here. And little by little by little by little, I started recovering after I came back a couple of times. And the message of OA is very watered down in many areas. And what is the motivation for watering it down in most cases? Money. Because so much of the money that comes into OA comes in through the sale of its own literature. And the big book is the pure message. 
When it says more than half of us recovered, I'm reminded of the forward to the second edition. A hundred people came in, 50% got sober at once. 25% came back and got sober, and the other 25% showed improvement. What did they do that so many of our meetings in OA are not doing? They worked the program out of the big book, and they had 75% recovery. Now, it has been my honor and privilege to travel this country doing retreats and big book workshops and, and conventions. We can't talk about 75% recovery. Let's cut to the chase. We can't talk about 2% recovery in OA today. We are recovering at an abysmal rate. We are losing meetings. I used to go to meetings in Chicago at Swedish Covenant Hospital where there were meetings there every single day of the week where five and 600 people came to those meetings on a weekly basis. And those meetings are closed. They're gone. But I want to talk about something that's very positive. I want to talk about vision for you. Because this is the renaissance of OA. This is the pure message. This is the message that I am challenged every day to carry back to my meetings. Every night I read the words, pack into the stream of life. What did I do to pack into the stream of life? The definition of pathetic is a head full of the big book and a stomach full of the food. I have to put the food down and I have to take the message that I'm hearing here in vision for you back to my meetings. This is the renaissance. Overeaters Anonymous years ago had 125, 130,000 members. Now we have 54,000 members. In just four short years, vision for you is 3,000 people strong. You do the math. I'll drop the mic, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. And we're going to move on to the next paragraph. Lisa H., would you please read the first paragraph on page 164? Good morning. This is Lisa H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who wrote this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. You must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Um, boy, this has been a powerful meeting, listening to all these um, shares previously. Um, what stands out to me in this paragraph is uh, you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. And, and reliance means dependence on or trust in um, every day, you know, I only have this present day, this present moment. Every day I must remember that instead of relying on myself or on other people um, that I have done most of my life, that it is my higher power that directs and guides me um, if, if, I, if I do the work, if I stay unblocked. Um, but I have to... Um, I have to keep, you know, I have to keep my mind and my body clear of my alcoholic binge foods and, and take the action. Um, you know, that's the, to me, that's the, the foundation for me is to continue in, 
in the action, continue to do the deal, as, as one of our fellows likes to say, um, and stay in 10, 11, and 12, um, especially for me when, when life gets busy and loud. Um, I have to lean in and trust my higher power and the, and the steps um, and to carry the message to the best of my ability. Um, but I can only, this can only be accomplished if my reliance is always. And that word always stands out to me too. That means at all times and on all occasions. Um, you know, because my, my, uh, my human power, my human will, um, my human friends, um, as wonderful as they may be, um, can't, you know, just can't, um, can't help me. Um, so that at all times and on all occasions, I have to rely on my higher power. And if I, if that's the case, um, God for me is always present. He is always willing to help me with what the next right step is, the next right thought, the next right action. Um, and, and that's where I have to stay uh, every day. Thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Larry. Rachel W. Larry K, Kelly S. Rachel W, Lindsay Kelly F. S. Okay, hold on. Rachel W, Kelly S. What was who was after Kelly? Lindsay F. Lynn, Lindsay. S. No, Lindsay. L i n d y. Lindy. Okay, Thank we're going to start with Larry K and then Rachel W. Wow, what a great meeting! Thanks, Julie, for your service. Larry K, recovered compulsive reader. You know, you must remember that you're real. Uh, reliance is always upon him. You know, this has always been a spiritual program of transformation, right? It, it's not about science. And, you know, we read in each meeting, no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, but God could and would if he were sought. And, you know, our co-founders and our early pioneers craved a fellowship some 80 years ago. And that fellowship blossomed. And, and why did it blossom? I believe it was, it was preordained. It was destined by a loving creator. That's what I believe. You know, drunks were, they were dropping like flies. And this renaissance, this rebirth of Overeaters Anonymous in November of 2016, I would suggest it's also evidence of, of the same divine miracle. It's inexplicable. It's unfathomable. It's mystifying, yet it's true. And God has shown us how to create the very fellowship we create. There's, there's no denying God's hand, his imprint on this thing that we have here. No denying it. Not for me anyway. I mean, imagine that, you know, we used to crave, uh, I crave ding-dongs and deep dish pizza. And now I crave recovery. I mean, we crave a connection with our higher power. And it's not the law of religion nor the principles of morality that define our pathway to God. No, it's only by the grace of God that we're led and drawn to God. And for me, this was through the steps that I'm delivered from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. You know, God's grace conquered my flaws. Still have the flaws. God's favor wasn't achieved by me as if I was trying to earn a trophy. No, it was received as a gift. I merely worked some simple steps as laid out in the big book, and I didn't earn it, and I wasn't more deserving than my fellows, nor did I hoard it like I used to to hoard my Halloween candy. It was freely given by a merciful higher power. And I'm called to carry the message of hope, promise, and freedom, you know, to other people because it's real. And through this program of action, God lifts the fallen. 
you know, restores the broken. I was a broken guy, heals the hurting. And I'm not going to deny it's all God. This program is a God program. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Rachel W. followed by Kelly S. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you for the meeting, everyone. It's been great hearing the shares. Um, In this paragraph where it says, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. A lot comes up for me in this sentence because I'm just I'm just thinking back to the previous paragraph where it says some of them may sink and never get up. You know, this is why. You know, when whenever I'm sorry, somebody's unmuted with the dog. All right, so um, so um, you know, I came into these rooms in 1999, and and. We had the literature, we had the meetings, we had a phone with the cord about 25 feet long that trapped family members while we were talking, no privacy on the phone. Um, you know, a lot was different back then, but the one thing that was constant was that God was working in my life. And somehow, you know, with those limitations of no, you know, WhatsApp, texting, internet or whatever, I was still able to find an abstinence. I was still able to work the steps. You know, if vision for you had come along any t- at any point, you know, throughout those years after 1999 through, you know, uh, the years that followed, I would not have heard this message. You know, I, I don't think I would have heard it because I was even in the program, even in working the steps, I was still living in self. And I say that this is the language of step one. I will not have the benefit of contact. I will, this will not work for me. You know, I can't do this. The language of step one is I, I, I. And, and getting out of that is all about you, you know, God, what do you, what I offer myself to you and, and believing that there is a purpose to it. It's not, it's not about, it's not about me. And so the fact that I have to rely on God, you know, when, when, when a person is ready to get the message, they will hear it. I had plenty of opportunities to attach myself to the big book. There were plenty of meetings I would go to throughout the years that highlighted the AA 12 and 12 that highlighted the big book, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready and I wasn't willing to hear. And this was while I was in these rooms. So I want to say that, um, you know, for me, it's about coming out of that place. You know, the reason I was, I thought I would never give up was because I was still trying to do things the way I thought they should be done. I was still, still living life on my terms. I was still my own higher power. And it wasn't until coming into, um, to, to vision for you specifically, but I was ready to hear the message. Thank God. I'm so grateful for that, but I was ready to hear the message of the, of the never ending layers of these steps, all 12 of them that are, that I work every, that I strive to work every day, not perfectly, but it's, it's my target. It's my aim and it's changed my life in in every way, not only, with the food, but in every arena. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Rachel W. And I'm sorry, it is time to close our meeting. But for those who didn't get a chance to share, you can listen to the the second hour. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Mm. And will Ginger C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own host is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.